Hey there, before we get started with this week's episode, just a quick technical note. Uh, a couple weeks ago, episode number 63 with Ross Katz, it may or may not have shown up in some of your feeds. So if you are wondering, uh, did we skip an episode uh, of Business of Film? We didn't. Uh, what happened was we had pre-recorded the episode and then we accidentally published it early so we retracted the publication but when we did that it probably showed up in your feed but then when we took it away we think something went wonky we're not sure what exactly and so then when we did finally publish it uh two weeks ago uh, from the date of which i'm recording this episode it would have been back in your feed but you may not have seen it so uh, if you're interested in checking out that episode with Ross Katz, I would highly encourage you to do so. It was one of my favorite episodes, and he is just coming out with a film called Adult Beginners and started his career on Reservoir Dogs, and just really just one of my favorite episodes. So you can check that one out by just going into your podcatcher, uh, refreshing your feed, and it'll show up, and you'll be able to check it out there. So uh, enjoy that one, and uh, on to, I guess, uh, this week's regular scheduled episode. Uh, I guess I have to do the intro now. Welcome back to Business of Film, <laughs> episode number 65. Uh, my name is Jesse Eichmann, and you're listening to a crafttruck.com podcast. I suppose this would have been better had I put like some musical interlude in, uh, in between that, but we don't have any music for the show, at least not yet. I guess that's something we need to work on. Anyways, this week's episode, we are featuring uh, Andrea Adams, who does a walkthrough, a platform walkthrough of Variety Insight and uh, Variety V-Score. Both these platforms are very, very, very powerful platforms. Uh, We like to do these kinds of uh, platform tutorials or walkthroughs on the show just to give people an an idea of what's out there and tools that may be available uh, for them to use. And both of these platforms, which I had the chance to noodle over the weekend, were just tons of fun just because of the depth of information that is there. And we go into all that in detail on this show. So here we go with episode number 65, Andrea Adams. Uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, please do leave us a uh, a a couple stars uh, or more on the iTunes page. Any feedback there, greatly appreciated. And uh, thank you for listening. So uh, here we go. Episode number 65. Andrea, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to to, to come on the show today. This is really cool. Every now and then we like to do these, these, I guess, platform or utility walkthroughs, things that filmmakers and producers can take advantage of to help them with what they do. So when I came across this, uh, both Variety V-Score and Variety Insight, I thought, wow, this seems like a really powerful and interesting thing, something I certainly wasn't aware of. And so uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show to, to talk about this uh, this platform and this tool. But before we get into any of that stuff, can you give our audience a little bit of a background on sort of who you are, how you, how you got to uh, working at Variety, and how you, I guess, uh, quote-unquote, grew up in the business? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I went to college for film and television at a great uh, private school in upstate New York called College, and I moved out to Los Angeles right after graduation. Um, I started my career by working as an assistant to a talent manager at Anonymous Content. And this is right during the writer's strike. So I actually they laid off all of the assistants who had been there for less than a year. But I ended up right back as an assistant at William Morris Agency, which is now WME Entertainment, of course. Um, 
within the television literary department being the head of the department. And so I was there for a couple of years before leaving to go work in production companies. So I've worked at various production companies, including Team Todd and Davis Entertainment. And while I was at Davis, um, I started producing a documentary about the oldest son of the family that the Amityville Horror franchise is based on. And we ended up uh, taking that to the festival circuit, and it sold to ISP Sundance Select domestically. Um, and while I was traveling on the festival circuit and submitting the film to festivals was mm-hmm. when I became aware of the position at Variety. Um, and I'd been in development for a couple of years at that point, but I was kind of growing a little, not to say tired, but it's... As we know from the industry, um, films of the, the film industry has sort of shrank, and so a lot of the viable positions at a senior level are becoming few and far between. And so I was actually approached by a recruiter about the position at Variety, and I wasn't really sure what it was, and I met with the recruiter and then subsequently met with the president and the SVP of the division, and I was actually very intrigued. So just, um, just, because, just out of curiosity, here, yeah. because you, you were on, I guess, what, like a, a producer track? That was kind of the, the direction that you were headed in, in your career, and then you decided to, to, to hop off that, that train? Uh, sort of. I mean, I still actually produce content um, in my free time. So I work with friends who are doing music videos or, you know, short little pieces for the web um, I haven't produced anything feature-length since the documentary, merely because producing a feature-length project requires a significant investment of time, and it's not something that I really want to do. But, yes, um, I was actually more on the track of becoming a development executive at a production company right. or a studio, and I realized that I was more interested in doing my own projects and you don't have any time to do that when you're actually already working in development. It's somewhat impossible to do um, your own projects because you are supposed to be looking for material and talent for your company at all times. And it's a very devoted job, and I have a lot of friends who are still in that universe that I respect very much because they are always going out to events and to be keep abreast of the trends and meeting with um, writers and directors and um, reading all of the scripts that go out, but it just doesn't allow a lot of free time to do your own endeavors. So so what what drew you to, I guess, working with Variety and working on these these two platforms that we're going to talk about, V-Score and Insight? So um, I'm by nature a very curious person, and I had worked in talent management um, at the agency side in the TV literary department, and I've produced films. So that gives me a pretty uh, varied background in and of itself. But what I was interested in about the platforms that I now um, work with is that we could meet with very different entertainment-related companies in a day or a week. So uh, it enables me... And at the time, I kind of thought this would be the case 
to have conversations with um, entertainment law firms or publicity firms and television networks, television studios, film studios, distributors, financiers, uh, companies that use uh, databases like ours to find talent that they want to attach to brand campaigns and marketing campaigns for brands like Nike. And so I really enjoyed the idea of being able to meet with all different types of companies and still have my feet in the entertainment industry because I thought it would really expand my breadth of knowledge on several different areas, whereas normally when you're in development, you have to choose, you know, TV or film or a specific genre, things like that. And so I love the fact that I can try to meet with a bunch of different types of companies, and it gives me a macro-level view because every time I'm talking to a company about what they're using for their research and how Variety Insight or VSport can help them, I'm getting a sense of their business. So just for those of our listeners, and I imagine that is most of them, uh, because I, I myself was included in that basket, uh, who did not know what these platforms did or are, can you just give us a brief walkthrough of what is Variety Insight and what is vScore? Of course. So um, Variety Insight is actually the paid research division of Variety, and it's also the name of our flagship product. And essentially, Variety Insight is a research database that lives in the cloud. You log in using your email address and a password, and it gives you access to information surrounding projects that are in development in film, television, both scripted and unscripted, as well as um, original digital content, projects that are in production, and then all the companies that are involved and the talent. So... You can look up um, a film that's in development at Warner Brothers, and it'll have the attached talent, both writers, directors, as well as actors, and um, the companies. And then from there, you can click on the companies, and it'll give you access to contact information for the executives that are at the company. And so it gives you a very wide uh, amount of information on the entertainment industry, and of course, we're sourced from both Deadline Hollywood and Variety, because those are our trade partners. But what's even better is that the information is curated by a staff of people that work directly for our division. And so they're making sure that what we're publishing and what we're pushing live on the database is accurate and timely. Okay, so just and, be, because our audience can't see what 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 I'm looking right. at, and uh, just to paint a little bit of a picture here for our audience, uh, I, I was... Uh, thankful that you were able to give me kind of this this weekend pass to to play around with the tool, uh, and I can tell our audience just from looking at this, it's really 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 powerful the, the the information that that is in there. So, for example, one of the things that that's kind of cool um, because what, what you're talking about, Andrea, is like there's all this modular uh, ability that the platform has. You can basically click on something like a, a project, and it'll take you to all the information of it, and so. What I found was really interesting about this was where this information is coming from, because you might think, uh, well, why can't I just go to IMDb? And so, Andrea, I'm going to ask you this question. What makes this platform, what makes the information that is populated on this platform, which is, for, for anybody who's asking the question, it it's like, a, I don't want to say a better version of IMDb, it's a different version, but it's got much more in-depth information. It goes way, right. way, way, way deeper than that. Well. I'm glad you mentioned IMDb because for most people, that's what they 
first, um, that's what they're using to research films and projects, people. And uh, the main difference between our service and IMDb is that IMDb is all crowdsourced information. So essentially, if I decided I wanted to say that I was an actor in the new Avengers movie, I could go into the Avengers movie and add myself as an actor. And it would take them a really long time to take that information down because IMDb is a subsidiary of Amazon and they don't have a full-time staff curating that database. It's kind of like a bonus thing that they have. So if you're paying for IMDb Pro, um, you have some access to some information, but it's not very accurate. There's nobody maintaining it for accuracy and there's nobody um, curating the fact that anybody can go in and just add information about themselves or their clients or their projects. So it's not a professional resource, whereas what we do with Variety Insight is all of the information is managed by a team of media analysts that work for our division. And so a good portion of the information is coming to us directly from entertainment industry trade like Variety or Deadline Hollywood, those two I mentioned specifically because they're our um, sister companies were owned by Penske Media, and Penske owns both Variety and Deadline. But on top of that, the staff of people that works for us, which is about 40 to 50 people now on the data side, they are actually curating not only entertainment news from our trades, but also scouring the rest of entertainment news for anything that perhaps wasn't captured by our trade magazine and trade websites, as well as reaching out directly to the networks, to the film studios, to the agencies, to the production companies to get more forward-looking information and to verify information for accuracy. So, so we have, yeah, yeah so uh, the, I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, it totally answers the question. In fact, I'm, I'm just going to kind of just use an example here for people who are, um, who, who are listening just so they can get an idea of, I guess, the different kinds of information that's available. So there's this wonderful, fun tool in there called uh, Spec Scripts. So you, literally, you could look at all the Spec Scripts that are around town. Um, and I just pulled up one at random here. It's called Breakneck. Uh, it says who the, the writers are. It's, there's a pitch here. It says, pitch is Mission Impossible meets Fast and the Furious, but with airplanes. That's kind of cool. Uh, so I'm just going to go on IMDb. Like, I haven't done this before. I'm doing this kind of as, as we're, we're talking here. It says Breakneck. Typing that into uh, IMDb, and what do I get? I don't get any information on that at all. It's not coming up. It's not there. So the, what's interesting to me about that is uh, it gives me information on who the manager is, tells me it's an action-adventure script. I'm curious, okay, where did that information come from? I mean, just if you can get a little bit more specific about that. Who actually figured out that that, that spec script, Breakneck, is, should go into this database as a verifiable project? So actually, um, IMDb wouldn't cover spec scripts at all because, as I'm sure most of your listeners are aware, a spec script is something that's written on spec. It was not paid for, and generally the writer's representation takes it out to various producers around town to see if they can get the producers to take that script into one of the studios and sell it. And so IMDb, they, the people are much more um, proactive in posting projects that are in production or actually happening. Whereas the spec script marketplace is something that there are hundreds of spec scripts that go out a year and only a handful of them actually make it to sell. A lot of them end up as writer samples. So where we get that information from 
is we also have licensing agreements with platforms that there are two different spec tracking databases that are actually their entire reason for existence is to track the spec marketplace. And we get information from them, but we also verify that with the manager who's taking out the spec or we'll talk to the studio. In some cases, you'll see in the notes section of this spec tracking area of the website that it'll say something like Davis Entertainment into Fox, which means that Davis Entertainment took the spec into Fox to see if the Fox studio would be interested in purchasing the script and then producing film. And so we'll confirm that information with the studio or with the production company or with the agent or manager who's taking the spec out. Um, and what's great about this is that our database encompasses a lot of information from various sites that typically you'd have to pay for access to all of these different sites. But with us, you're getting it in one place. We also have licensed ratings information for airing television shows across broadcast and cable and licensed box office information for released films. And the licensed box office information differs from what you see on, say, Box Office Mojo, because Box Office Mojo is sort of a free site, which gives you relatively helpful numbers. But we're getting information from actual services that are getting um, reported box office receipts from the theaters themselves. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to to this platform. Obviously, we we can't spend the entire time just going through all the little bits and pieces of it. But like, just a couple of the things that I found pretty fun to play with uh, over the weekend was one, uh, there's this organizational chart, which is really cool because if you're trying to get access to an executive and you're not sure who to speak with, you can pull up, and I'll just pull up one here just just for fun here. Uh, Let's pull up Screen Gems. So it's telling me who the president of Screen Gems is, telling me who their EVP is directly underneath, and it literally shows it to you in the form of an an org chart, which is great because you can visualize who all these people are and what their roles are. So uh, if I'm looking mm-hmm. at Screen Gems, I can see, okay, the president is a guy named Clint Culpepper. Uh, underneath him is uh, Pam Knuth, who's the EVP of general manager. And underneath Pam, there's four levels. There's an EVP of production, a head of physical production, an EVP of marketing, and then a VP of business affairs. And it goes on and on and on and on like that for all the big uh, companies. And sometimes this, this information is difficult to keep track of. Uh, so if you're trying to figure out who you want to get in touch with at these different networks, for your pitches, to me, that seemed like a very useful tool, uh, at least especially for those who might be listening to, to this to this podcast. And then the other thing, which is really, really, really neat, are these production deals. So like, tell me about the, uh, the uh, production deals, uh, Andrew, because this, this, this seemed like a lot of fun uh, just to figure right. out who you should be pitching to. So if you've got a project and you want to bring it to the, um, a company that then has a deal with a studio, you can use this to, to help figure that out. So walk me through a little bit about how that part of the system works. Absolutely. So we actually track um, production deals, which are for film, uh, overall deals, which are um, for television. And we just recently started adding digital overall deals um, for Netflix and Crackle. And essentially just using production deals as an example, there are producers or talent that the film studios want to be in business with. And so they will pay the overhead for this company in return for typically now it's a first look deal. So for example, I used Davis Entertainment earlier. 
Davis Entertainment has a production deal with 20th Century Fox. And that means that any films that Davis wants to do, they have to take those projects to Fox first to see if Fox would be interested in producing them. And generally, what the case is, is if um, this is a little bit of industry knowledge for you, but if Fox says that they don't want to produce this project, then generally the company will have the ability to take it to other studios um, as well. But um, what we do is we're tracking by studio all of the deals that the studio has. So if you know that you have a project that you feel Fox would be interested in, you can go to our production deal um, tab in the database and click on 20th Century Fox, and it'll give you a list of all of the companies that have production deals with Fox, when their deal is set to expire, and who their principals are. And so you'll be able to see, you know, I want to take this project to a company that doesn't have a deal that expires soon. You can sort by expiration date, and then you can click on the company or the principal of the company. John Davis is the principal of Davis Entertainment. Um, and it will show you all of the executives, and then you can get a sense of the films that they've produced, what films they have in development, so on and so forth. But it's a very valuable tool, as um, Jesse said, for being able to tell which companies have deals where. Or you if just you referred to me in the third person. You just referred to me in the third person. You said, as Jesse, I'm having a conversation with you, and you just referred to me in the third person. <laughs> that feels very weird. <laughs> Uh, how about really? that? Yeah, as the, it does a little bit, a little bit. Like maybe as that well, guy. For the for the listeners, as you said, oh, as Jesse, I said, okay. as I said, that's right, as I said, <laughs> comma <laughs> Jesse, comma. Okay, please continue. Um, um, so basically, <laughs> it works. You feel better now. <laughs> I feel I feel grammatically correct, and at least at least, at least I feel grammatically correct. Yeah, I, I feel better. So go, sorry, go ahead. Okay, no worries. Um, <laughs> So essentially, like a lot of the big talent like Steve Carell or Leonardo DiCaprio have deals of this nature. And so if you're looking to get that big name attached to your project, you would probably want to be aware where their deal is as well. So you can get a sense of what types of projects or their priority or what they have in development. And with the database, you can look at, you know, where this actor's deal is. And then you can look at what the actor has in development as well as what the studio that their deal is at has in development to make sure that the projects that you're thinking of, perhaps they don't have it or maybe they do. And so you need to tweak it a little bit for them to potentially be interested. Yeah, I mean, ultimately what this platform is, is it's a kind of this souped up version of uh, any kind of research library that you can possibly get mm-hmm. and it's it's just it's, again it's really in-depth it's it's really cool there's tons of things to certainly play around with but hopefully uh, it, well not hopefully i know you you can tailor this to the your specific needs yep. depending on what um depending on what you're you're going after now i'm going to just kind of because these are two hybrid products there's variety inside mm-hmm. and then there's uh, uh, V-score. V-score. Mm-hmm. Let's let, let's talk about V-score a bit here. So yeah, no, that's great. V-score. Okay, well, why, why don't you explain what what V-score is and, and and how that works a little bit? Absolutely. Um, and actually, since we were talking about talent, it's a perfect segue. Um, so V-score. Most people are familiar with IMDb Star Meter, and what we wanted to do is create um, something similar, but reliant more on outside metrics because IMDb Star Meter 
uh, it measures the amount of times that somebody's searching an actor's name, and that's kind of how the algorithm for IMDb Star Meter works. What we did with vScore is we are taking, and it's a little bit harder to follow if you're not looking at the website, but what we did is we took um, different metrics, such as the TV ratings of shows that the actors are um, participating in, worldwide box office of films that the actor has been in, the awards, nominations, and wins that the actor has um, received, upcoming project attachments that are in a stage of production through awaiting release, as well as, and most importantly, the online conversations surrounding the actor. And we've combined these elements to give a score of 1 to 100 for each actor in our database. And it's not a ranking because several actors can have a same score, it's just that their score might be made up of different levels of awards or TV ratings. And so it gives people the ability to see how familiar the actor is. And we've combined this with some Twitter analytics, which gives you the ability to see the sentiment surrounding the actor um, on Twitter. So you pull up Jennifer Lawrence, she's going to have a very high B score. I think her score is actually 100, which is, of course, the best it can be, as well as she has a very positive sentiment. And there's other features of the tool. You can see at a glance their general availability, meaning... I just pulled up Jennifer Lawrence. She does. She has a V score of 100, where, as compared to... Uh, Brad Pitt, who has a fee score of 93. Now, I don't know how many hundreds there are in there. I, I, I suppose we, we could rank, but uh, I mean, I was playing around with it this weekend, and I certainly, even with the top people, like if you put in like Tom Cruise, for example, uh, Tom Cruise has a V score of, what is Tom Cruise? 93 as well. Hey, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, they both have the same V score. That's that's interesting. But going back to Jennifer Lawrence, she has, I'm just going to just kind of read off this just so that our audience can get a, a little bit of a mental picture of, of what they would see. And do you mind, Andrea, if, if I just take a clip of maybe uh, Brad Pitt or Jennifer Lawrence and just kind of just take their V-score and put that on our page so people can actually see what that page looks like? You know, no, not at all. Awesome. So like, I'll, I'm just going to describe what the Jennifer Lawrence picture looks like. So she's got um, it's this really cool sort of half pie, and it, it gives it in this color-coded sort of thing where it shows you that she's showing 69% positive sentiment, uh, 29% neutral sentiment, and virtually no negative sentiment. So what, just explain to me what, what, I'm, what I should be taking out of that and how that, uh, how that relates to... I mean, in the practical sense, really, someone's going to be using this to help cast their movie. And if they're not going after Jennifer Lawrence, they're going after somebody who, uh, or they're, they're trying to attach somebody who is not, let's say, 100 on the V-score rating. But still, every person's going to have this sentiment ranking. Uh, so what does the sentiment ranking really tell you? What can filmmakers pull out of that information? I mean, it's exactly what it says. It's sentiment. And to clarify, the sentiment meter... The sentiment doesn't actually affect the actor's score. It's there for context. And it's telling you, and it's also pulled direct from Twitter only, our social um, mentions, the portion that contributes to the V-score number, pulls from all social media as well as any WordPress-built website. But the sentiment is only Twitter. 
And we chose that because most conversations surrounding television and film are happening on Twitter. What that means is that 69% of um, the time that people are talking about Jennifer Lawrence on Twitter is positive. And this is very helpful when you're casting a film or if you're looking for a piece of talent to um, approach about being involved with your charity or a piece of talent that you might like to have representing a brand in a campaign. Because often you'll find people have very high B scores, but maybe they don't have a very positive sentiment. Somebody who's had some sort of um, bad situation that's erupted in the press. They'll be talked about a lot, but their sentiment will be negative. And Jennifer, she's beloved across the internet. Um, people love her. So you're seeing that reflected not only in the fact that she's talked about a lot, but she has a very high positive sentiment. And the way we do that is we partnered with a company called Viral Heat, and they have what we're calling a sentiment engine that essentially is going through word chain on the tweets with, in relation to the actor's name. And so it's analyzing the word, its relation to the actor's name in four different itinerations. And um, it's either positive, negative, or neutral. And we also neutralize for irony and sarcasm because that's an often used uh, theme in tweets, sarcastic tweets. We neutralize that so that it doesn't adversely affect the positive or negative um, sentiment of the actor. Yeah, it, it, it's a cool, I mean, when you're playing around with the platform, it, it does, uh, it gives you this chart, this, this gives you both kind of the, the social, a social mentions chart, so you can kind of get a gauge of how often the person is being mentioned. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is being mentioned like 40,000 times a week and, and or a day, and uh, her, her V-score uh, they have this also this chart called a V-score velo- velocity, uh, which is kind of similar to that IMDb ranking, where you can kind of see their their ranking going up and down. But of course, it's based on the actor's V-score. But there's two functions that I think are really cool that are worth highlighting that just are right at the very top of the page. The first is the actor availability. Mm-hmm. So with with Jennifer Lawrence, I can see that she's busy on X-Men Apocalypse uh, starting April 27th, apparently. So she's just started working on X-Men Apocalypse, and I can see how long she's going to be busy for. So if you're trying to cast somebody, uh, you can very quickly go through who's available and who's not. The other thing which is really cool is this uh, show similar actresses or actors with a similar view score. So what's really neat about Jennifer Lawrence here is that I'm looking, and there's this, this list of about, I don't know, 20 other actresses that you might want to consider. So if you're trying to find somebody, you're not sure who's available, uh, who might be in the same similar category, well, I can kind of go through it. It says Kat Dennings, Amber Heard, Brie Larson, Carrie Mulligan, Rooney Mara, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, Emmy Rossum, Amanda Seyfried, Emma Stone, and so and Emma Watson. These are all people that are similar to Jennifer Lawrence. So I, from a casting tool, I think that's really, really, really cool. Whoever put both those features there, uh, good on them. Andrew, mm-hmm. good on them. Yeah. So, no. And the V-score velocity is relatively new. What you'll find is that you don't see a lot of change in A-listers like Jennifer Lawrence. Um, it's usually people who are a little less well-known where you're seeing like this jump of like 20 V-score points. Or, and it's very interesting because it's a feature on our homepage where you can see the people who had the highest change in their 
score and it gives you kind of a sense of like maybe these people are up and coming. Maybe they've just gotten part of a marketing campaign and so they're becoming more high profile. So it would have been interesting to have that feature in place when Jennifer Lawrence was just starting to gain notoriety out of the winter's bone. Winter's bone. Right. Right. But but, but you but you can track that like for uh, any other actresses that you might be wanting to hire now. So like you, you can use the system mm-hmm. to say, okay, I want to find an up and comer, but it's sometimes it's hard to actually quantify what up and comer really means. And mm-hmm. it, it looks like uh, that this system kind of helps you really do that because you can, you can take a look at a trend, which is actually has a benchmark in something real rather than uh, looking at it from say uh, the star meter, which is, I think slower to catch on, whereas this would be faster mm-hmm. to catch on. Uh, if I, it, it, would, would that be a correct statement? Correct, correct me if, if I'm wrong. Well, is this going to be ahead thing, of the curve? Well, I, I think so, but it also gives you a little bit more context. Um, each portion that is building out the V-score has a different percentage that it contributes to the V-score, and the highest, um, the most volatile aspect of the V-score is the social media aspect. So if somebody's being talked about online or in reviews on like LA Times blogs and things like that often, then the V4 portion that is social media is going to be changing the most because that contributes 50% to the overall V4. The other thing that I think is really kind of a bellwether is um, you're actually able to see the projects that are soon to come out from that talent. So maybe you're looking at somebody whose V-score isn't necessarily very high right now, but they're attached to, like, four really big tentpole movies that are set to be released within the next year and a half. And so you know that maybe their V-score is a 50 right now, but realistically, once they start rolling out those movies, it's probable that their V-score will increase because they're going to be much more familiar, whether it be through a marketing um, of the film or the just the film itself. And so I think it gives you a lot of ways to kind of guesstimate the people that you're attaching to your project. If you're approaching investors, you can say, you know, this person has already got a great online audience. They're already being talked about a lot. And they're attached to these four projects that are going to come out in the next year, which is just going to give them even more familiarity. And people are kind of like what happened with Benedict Cumberbatch, you know? He was on Sherlock, of course, but then suddenly he was everywhere. All of these films came out with him in them all at once. And now, of course, on our V-score, he's um, in the top five. Right. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, I kind of acid tested this a little bit against uh, social media trends. Uh, well, not, not, not that aspect specifically that you're talking about, which is the, the projects that are upcoming. But I, I did acid test the system just to see whether or not it was actually picking up um, some of that social media sentiment that is out there. So, for example, Ben Affleck right now, he's been having a little bit of a rough time. You go to his sentiment uh, reader right now, his, his, his positive ranking is very, very, very small, but his negative sentiment is very, very, very large. So right now, that conversation that's happening about him literally as this is being recorded in the media is there's some, there's some negative stuff going on there. But that could easily change tomorrow. That could probably be back mm-hmm. to I'm, I'm actually wondering, can you actually track sentiment? Um, can, you, can you go, is there somewhere to actually go in the system and say, okay, can I take a look at their sentiment no. over time? No, not right now. Um, we're, you can see the amount of conversation in the graph, so you can see how the overall conversation online has risen or fallen. 
but there's not um, a sentiment archive aspect. We're looking at making these score themselves archives, but that's a good note. I'll have to bring that up in my, to my development team to see if there's a way that we could make a sentiment an archive thing, which you could see how it changes over time. But the, the other thing that's interesting is that when I look at the sentiment, you, what, you're, you're telling me that the social media, or specifically mm-hmm. Twitter, is what affects sentiment. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. And Twitter is worth 50% of or the V-score. Social media is worth 50% of the V-score. No, the, the, no, no, no. The, the V-score has um, Facebook... Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, Imager, Tumblr, any website built with WordPress, which includes all major news publications online, and actually 80% of the internet. So Twitter is the sentiment, but it's only part of the score for the V-score. Right, okay, so that's why, because when you're looking at Ben Affleck's V-score, it's um, it's 86 right now. I imagine it was higher before. It's gone down a bit, but it probably hasn't been impacted that much because their V-score is being, um, uh, the, the social media metric, that 50% is being, I don't want to say diluted or amortized across the, the kind of the four major social media platforms. So you're not going to see a, a plunge in the V-score is basically what you're saying. Well, if one you wouldn't see a plunge media- from sentiment anyway because sentiment is separate. So with for the V-score purposes, if somebody's being talked about, it's counting towards their V-score social mentions. Um, so whether it's positive or negative, it doesn't affect the V-score number. It only affects the sentiment. Right. Okay, cool. This is, this is, this is really neat. I mean, uh, I, I could spend a lot more time, or we could spend a lot more time kind of going through some of those, the ins and outs of uh, both V-score and uh, Variety Insight. But I hope for our listeners... They've at least got, to a certain extent, a little bit of a brief overview of how these systems work. Uh, effectively, just we just wanted to make uh, you guys aware that this thing even existed. Uh, it's really cool. And, Andrea, if somebody is interested and they do want to find out more about it, uh, I, I just have really two last questions for you. The, the first is, who do you think is the... Um, who is your best market for somebody to use this tool? Who do you think can take advantage of this most? And secondly, if somebody wanted to get more information about the tool, uh, how would they get in touch uh, with you to talk about it? So the first question I get a lot, and it's actually a difficult question to answer simply because we have um, subscribers that range from an independent filmmaker or independent writer all the way up to the major studios. So I think as long as you're working in the industry, there are applications for either both or one of the databases. Obviously, as a producer or a filmmaker, you're going to use both features quite a bit. Um, so there's, it really depends on exactly what you're looking for. And different aspects of Variety Insight in particular may be more helpful to you at one time than another. But because it's such a broad tool then um, it encompasses a lot of different features that are going to be useful. V-Score, of course, is much more specific towards the casting process. So it's helpful for people who are doing a lot of casting or if they're working with um, public relations or uh, any sort of charity that has to have a lot of celebrities that are involved with the charity. So V-Score, since it has to do specifically with actors, has a much more specific base of subscribers than Variety Insight does. And then to answer your second question, um, anybody who wants to get more information about 
Brady Insight, there's a couple of things. They can give me um, a call, and I'm happy to walk them through the database. Um, my number is 323-617-9106. They can also reach me via email. It's andrea.adams at variety.com. And, and yeah, also... And, and we'll yeah. put some links in the uh, show notes. So if anybody doesn't yeah. want to reach out, they can just uh, go to crafttruck.com forward slash BOF65. And uh, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including a screenshot of uh, Ben Affleck and, uh, and heck, Jennifer Lawrence, too. Just for <laughs> shits and giggles. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then if you're just looking to kind of get a couple more screenshots, you can absolutely go to varietyinsight.com or bscore.com. And both of those websites um, say they have little request more information text boxes that you, you can fill out. So if they wanted to do that, and if somewhere in the text box they mention your podcast, a business, or film, then I'll know that they were listening to the podcast and we'll be able to answer their questions and reach out from there. Cool. Uh, that's awesome. Andrea, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for spending time with us uh, just to kind of give us that overview of both of these platforms. Um, if you are an individual, uh, you can use it. If you are a company, you can use it. And, um, Andrea, any final thoughts before we call this one a day? No, just thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been a lot of fun and I'm glad you enjoyed using um, our databases over the weekend. It's awesome to hear uh, good feedback from people who are um, using it. We love that. Yeah, it's awesome. It was tons of fun. I, there's, unfortunately, it's so big and so powerful. You you literally need to kind of use it with a little bit of precision so that you can get what you need out of it. But uh, I, you know, given that people go through different life cycles with their films, with their projects, um, it is both a can be both a bluntest instrument and a very precise instrument. So, uh, Andrea, thanks again for your time, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you later. Great. Hopefully. Yeah, thank you so much, Jesse. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for having me on. All right, cheers. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye.